0: All right, welcome to week number one of our series we're calling Change Your World. And this series is really, I think, a very timely and important series. Over the past year, we've seen a lot of things happen in our society. And in many ways, probably most of us on some level feel powerless. It's just like things are changing on a macro scale, on a big scale, and it's like, how do I even navigate this? How do I work through this? And so we can feel out of control. We can feel powerless. And so, so this series is going to help you with that. And here, here's the thing I want you to know this morning. You can have a far greater impact in this world than you think you can. Amen. Yeah, one, yeah, one amen. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Y'all listen to the yak yaks already. Come on. It's 1030. Nine o'clock, you know, if they're half asleep, it's okay. But 1030, you all are awake, right? Come on. And uh, and so uh, we really can impact our world more than we think. And I want to talk about that in this series. See, every one of us has a world around us. Part of your world is your family. You know, you're working with family, dealing with family, uh, your work life, you know, co-workers and all that. You have a neighborhood, you have a school. It's your world. We live in a community. It's our world. And so, how many of you like your world to be better? Yeah. See, what half of us are thinking is, yeah, I wish they'd get it together right? That's what we're thinking, right? We're thinking if they would get it together, it would be better. But we're going to learn a little differently today. And this series is loosely based on a book by John Maxwell called Change Your World. Uh, and so uh, I just encourage you, to lean in this whole series, and we're going to have a great, great time in this series. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, what? new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And now what we've got to understand is is when you become a new person, it doesn't mean when you give your life to Jesus, instantly every problem you've ever had and everything that you're going through instantly changes. What happens is you are new because you're now alive to God. Your spirit man is born again, as Jesus said in John 3, and you're you're alive to God. And so uh, a new life really has begun. The rest of your journey is, is about letting what God's done on the inside get out of you and impact the world around you, Amen. okay? And so, um, you know, many of you know my story, but at the age of seven, I, I received Jesus as my Savior and Lord as best I could understand as a seven-year-old. I made that decision in a, in a children's class, and God changed me on the inside. I remember running up out of that, that little classroom, because and, 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 it was in a basement, and after the service was over, class was over, I ran up and told Grandma, I gave my life to Jesus, and she was so thrilled, and she, she celebrated with me, you know? It was, it was wonderful. But here, here's the thing, I want to speak to you, and many of you are parents. I want to just challenge you, some of you are grandparents. I want to challenge you that never underestimate the power of getting your children and your family to church. I don't care if it's your spouse, your kids, your growing kids, your little kids, your grandkids, whatever it is, get them, get them to church and, and get them in children's church. Let them get in that classroom and let, let, them, let them see what God can do in their life. And here's, here's what some parents say. Some parents say, you know, I was, I, I was drugged as a child. I was drugged to church every Sunday. And I don't want to do that to my kids. I, I, just, I want to speak into that a little bit because here's what happens. When we don't drag our kids to church if they're resistant, if we don't bring them to church, we're saying, and here's what some people say, I, I want you to just have the freedom to make whatever choice you want to make. That, that doesn't work because basically what you've said, I want you to go learn the whole world system and nothing about Jesus and then, and then you're going to make a choice. They don't even know what they're missing out on. Get them, get them to church. In fact, over 80% of people that make a decision for Jesus do so before the age of 18. Get your kids to church. Get, get your neighbor's kids to church. Get kids to church. Amen? And, and then get the students into student ministry. This is really important. We have a Wednesday night student ministry. I know it's a sacrifice. I know you've got to drive. I know you've got to get out of the recliner. and You've got to do those things. But here, here's the thing. You're, making, you're putting things in them. I'm thankful. Nowadays, everybody's got it easy. You know, old school, Sunday school, church, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I remember those days. I was drugged a lot. <laughs> now I was taken. I enjoyed church. I had a good church. Amen. But when, you, when, when we just take make a little extra effort, we can impact that, that younger generation. Amen. And they can know it from a young age. Because see, when, when, when you ask Jesus to forgive your sins and come in and lead your life, then you become, I became a new person. Just, just like the verse says, you became a new person. Just like that verse says. And so if you've asked Jesus to forgive your sins and lead your life, here's what I know about you. You've been changed. You've been changed on the inside. You are a, a, a different person. Amen? And when we're changed, it's no longer all about us. When we're changed, we begin to care about the world around us. In fact, as a child, I, at the age of nine... Uh, around eight or nine, I led the neighbor boy to to Jesus on the school bus, and I had a little Bible, and I shared Jesus with him, and he gave his life to Christ. And you probably have heard that story, but one you may not have heard is when I was about that same age, I was I was in a church business meeting. Our church ran by business meetings, and uh, thank God we we're delivered of those. And uh, but you know we. Uh, we were in that meeting, and they were talking about this and talking about that, and, and just kind of, you know, there's people at, at odds over things. And finally, I couldn't take it anymore. I was nine. I couldn't take it anymore, and I, I stood up and I said, can I say something? And I said, you know, if we would just go out there and reach them, then all this stuff you're talking about would be taken care of. Amen. I, think the, I think they didn't let kids in after that. I don't know. But you know what? That, that was the mindset. Because, because here's, here's what I believe. When, when we've truly been changed, then we want to see the world changed. Amen? Amen. See, but when, when Jesus changes us, we become transformation carriers. We can begin to, to tra- carry that transformation to someone else. And when we seek to help others, what we become is transformation catalysts. We're catalytic in somebody else's journey. We're doing a big part of helping them get started or take the next step and move forward in their their walk with God. And so, knowing I was changed, here's the the power of knowing God, God changed you. It lets you believe that God can change somebody else. Here's what I know about you. Most of you have been more changed by God than you think you have. And you need to go back and you need to remember who you were and what you thought and how you were. And you say, look at what God has done in my life. Thank God he delivered me. Now he's not done with you. We don't quit. We don't give up. But man, we got to remember God has changed our lives. And what happens when we see that God has changed us, it begins to let us see and, and gives us a passion for God to do a work in someone else. Amen. Because he's done it for me. He can do it for you. Amen. So to change your world, the first step is to give your life to Jesus. Amen. And then after you do that, he can begin to change everything else. Now, I believe this. One of the ways that you know that you belong to Jesus when, is when you have a passion to see others changed. Now, let me just say, if you, if, you, if you don't care anything about the spiritual condition of anybody else, you should go have a conversation with Jesus real quick. Like before we get out of service today. And you just say, God, there's something not right in here. That I'm just thinking about me and my And My pastor used to say, my forward, no more. Right? We're just thinking about us. One of the reasons our dream team, amazing group of people, have sacrificed and worked so hard and gone to two services is so we can make room for more people who need Jesus. Yeah, I know it's a holiday weekend, but we're getting started. We're taking those steps because there's a heart there to, to make room for others. And you see it in the, in the words that Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 13 out of the message paraphrase. Let me tell you why you are here. You might just want to underline that right there. So I've been trying to figure that out. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? How many of you know of some salty people, but not in that way? They're a little salty, all right, but they're not salty, leading people to give a taste of godliness, right? See, and, and, and I'm, it's really part of our, our purpose, and, and, and that is this. You know, you've heard the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And people are like, well, you know, I did what I could. No, you can put salt in their food. And when they're thirsty, they're going to drink. That's our job. As believers, that's our job. So when people see you, they say, Oh, I want more of whatever you got, whatever you're, you're, you're on. I want more of that. And here's the, here's the challenge. Many times people say, I want less of God after see, seeing us. So we've got to let him change us. He said, he said, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're to be light, bringing out the God colors of this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, you, if I make you light bears, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a what? Light stand. Now that I put you there in a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Everyone say shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. How do people come to know Jesus? People come to know Jesus through other people. That's the prime. Oh, I know there's media and all that. But some person, some people, some place are doing something. Right? Right? So, so, so here's what happens. People see things. They see posts. They see television, online, someplace. They see something about Jesus. But, the, but they're wondering what they're going to see when they get around somebody who, who, who goes by the name of Jesus. What are they going to see? Is it going to make them want more? Or is it going to make them want less? See, when we're salt to others, we should be a taste of God so people want more. We be A little bit of Jesus. When we're light... We can light the dark places of their lives and draw them towards Jesus. See, what we should be doing is not putting more weight on people. We should be helping lift the load, carry the burden. I know it's talking about light that we can see, but we should also lighten their load. We should help them. Amen? Amen? In other words, if you've given your life to Jesus, he calls you and I to be positive change agents. That's what we're called to be. I, I, I want you to try something. I want you to fold your arms. Everybody fold your arms. That's nice and comfortable, isn't it? I know there's this new thing out that if you've got your arms folded, it means you're, you're closed off. But I'm telling you, my arms feel pretty good right there. Now do it the other way. Here's what I saw some of you doing. <laughs> try this. Clasp your hands. Now change it. It's those of you that have been married or you've dated somebody. You can hold hands. Have you ever had that where they get the hands wrong? It's like no, no, no. Ah, that's weird. You know, get the get it right. What, What? What? What's What's the point of all this? It's a challenge to change. It feels awkward and uncomfortable to, to make a change. You know, our, our dream team, they, they're willing to endure awkward to have two services. Amen? They're willing to change. And so here's the point. We don't like to change. We don't like to change. You say, I like to change. No, so when anybody says, I like to change. Usually what it means is I like to change that I put on you. That's the change I like, right? When you when I do something, you change it. I like that, but none of us really really like to change. So so how does change begin? Let me give you four thoughts. We make changes when we hurt enough that we have to. Hurt enough. How many of you ever hurt? Yeah. You know, Kim and I sometimes we'll have somebody that 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 comes in and, and they want help and 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 you know they they. You know, they want us to counsel them or whatever. And we might leave that conversation, we might just say, you know, they're not quite ready. They're not, they want help, but they're not willing to change. They want, they want the ability to keep doing what they're doing and have it be different. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Right? Right? And so, so we, we, just, we just have this kind of thing going on where we, we've, sometimes we have to hurt enough. Kim and I said this way, they haven't hit the wall and slid down yet. We don't want that for people, but some people, that's the way they're going to begin to embrace change. There's better ways. Here's one. We see enough that we're inspired to change. We see what God's doing in someone else and we say, I want that for me. That's what, that's what we should be doing is inspiring somebody else to want to change. Here's another one. We learn enough to change. We learn enough. We, we're like, oh, now I know why. I remember when our kids were little, we taught them to obey us. First time, we taught first-time obedience. What does that mean? That means the first time we say it, we want you to obey. Why? Why? Because sometimes you might be standing out in the street and we say stop and you say, well, I know better, but you didn't see the car that was coming. I want to save your life. And by the way, that principle will work throughout life. Because here's, here's the thing. How you allow your kids to respond to you is how they respond to God. You're the first picture of Jesus they'll ever see. I have not intend to turn this into a parenting class this morning but uh you know that'll work if it just take that right so so we have to learn enough that we want to and so we would explain to our kids hey this is when they got old enough this is the reason why we want to we might see something you don't see and we want you to be able to know hey i need to listen right now and then the fourth way that we may begin to make changes is when we receive enough that we're able to Sometimes we're so depleted, we can't begin to change. We need somebody to pour into us and help us take a step. That's why there's a body here, a body of believers. So if we want to change our world, let me, let me bring this home to us today. If you want your marriage to be better, if you want your family to be better, if you want your kids to be better, your finances to be better, your health to be better, your whatever you want to name to be better, then you must understand that transformation begins with allowing God to transform you. Before it can be for them, it must be for us. We've got to give him permission to change us. And here's here's one of the things that happens many times in our lives. We start, we say, Jesus, I surrender all but this. not ready to let that go yet. That's my favorite habit. That's the one I like soothes me. This calms me. This helps me. And we just hold on to whatever that thing is. Gotta let it go. Gotta give it to Him. Amen? So if we want our lives to be together, we gotta allow God to be better. We gotta allow God to transform us. We have to give Him permission. Say, God, I don't know how to do this. Would you help me? I give you this area of my life. So the, let me say something, and I want you to say it with me. The change in we begins with me. Say that with me. The change in we begins with me. Say it again. The change in we begins with me. You want your family be- better, your marriage, whatever it is, begins on, on the inside of you. So, so here's what you don't want. I don't want you to hear this this morning. This is the message, or in this series, this is the message to change everyone else. It's not. This is a message about letting us change us. And when God changes us, we'll begin to change the world around us. Amen? So the question is, if Jesus said we're to be salt and light, how does this happen? How do we make this happen or allow God to do it in our life? I'm going to give you four things. Here's the first one. We've got to value people. And write the word connecting. The way we value people is we connect with them. I love what Jesus shows us and what he says about how he values everyone. Look at this passage in Matthew 25, verse 35 through 40. Again, out of the message paraphrase. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say master what are you talking about when did we ever see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you a drink and when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you then the king will say i am telling you the solemn truth whenever you did one of these whatever whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored that was me you did it to me i love that jesus values everyone but he reaches out to the overlooked and the undervalued. Isn't that powerful? You see, valuing people is one of the core values of our church. It's what we believe in. We believe every one of you have value to God. You're valuable to us as people, as, as a church. And so you have value. And so, in fact, Jesus values people so much that when we, when we add value to people, according to these verses, he takes it personally. Think about that. When you've done it to these, you've done it to me, Jesus said. He takes it personal. So so let me ask you this question. What shapes the value we assign or give to people? What shapes that value? It's your perspective of that person. Because your perspective about someone determines your attitudes towards someone. See, how do you value people? Some of us, we value people, you know, we're kind of business world minded, we've been in the business world, so we value people based on performance. Since I'm on a parenting theme today, not a good way to value your kids. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> five year old, your output's not very good right now. <laughs> right? It's not It's not a good way to pay, value adults either, based on performance. See... What, what, I, what we see in people is how we, we begin to treat them. So what, if I see you as weak, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to help you. If I see you as, see you as broken, I'm going to try to fix you. But if I see you as valuable, I'm going to serve you. That's what Jesus did, right? He, so, so we serve who we value. Now I know some of us are wired to serve more than others, but all of us can serve, amen? Amen. We can make a difference. So here's my question. Who do you struggle to value? I know, you thought of that family member, didn't you? <laughs> Co-worker. Person that's always getting under your skin. Who is it hard to value? That's important to think about, think about that, that question. So what's the key? The connecting key is we initiate the relationship. We've got to get it started. We've got to to begin that relationship. We don't wait for somebody else to connect with us. We initiate and connect with them. With With the hundreds of people that we prayed with online over the last year, we've invested financially to connect with them before they even knew they wanted to connect with us. That's what Jesus did. Just imagine Jesus' perspective there in heaven. He's, he's watching, you know, life play out in the Old Testament era when his children, the children of Israel, were trying to please him by rituals and following these rules and regulations. All external stuff. And he was saying it didn't work. This isn't good. And, you know, we don't know the exact conversation between God the Father and Jesus the Son, but at some point in that that realization, and, and they knew it beforehand anyway, but that realization happened, they said, we can't fix this remotely, we've got to go. And so Jesus agreed to come and be born as a child and live on this life and grow in favor with, with God and man and have a ministry that showed us what God the Father's heart is really like, healing and delivering and helping and valuing people. And, his, and then he went to the cross, falsely accused, falsely uh, you know, under attack there, and yet he died on the cross for your sins and mine because he said, I'm going to initiate the connection." Those people that sometimes say to us, you know, um, I found God. No, you didn't. You was running. You were hiding. You were hoping nobody would find you. And yet God hunted you down and chased you down. And here you are serving Jesus. He finds us. He initiates. That's the lesson for us. When you see someone running from you, running from God, be the initiator. Initiate the relationship. Connect with them. Amen? Amen? So, how do we bring value to people? How do we show them that we value them? We initiate the connection. So, to change our world, we value people. And here's number two. We add value to people. That's influencing. We begin to influence their life. See, one of the greatest principles for changing the world around you is to add value. How can I add value to my spouse and to my kids and and my neighbors and people around? How can I add value? And you can't do it all at once, but you can have this awareness so you begin to do it. Amen? See, when we make someone's life better, we begin to add value. It's not all the big bold ways and the things that that draw attention. It's just the simple things. Just add value to someone. How hard is it to send an encouraging text? Amen? Take you 10 seconds. Hey, just thinking about you, praying for you today. You're going you're, you're to encourage. You're going to add value to that person. So how do we add value? We add value by serving others. Think of it this way. We are people of value who value people and add value by serving them. Let me say it again. We are people of value who value people and add value By serving them. The Apostle Paul understood that. In 1 Corinthians 9, he says this, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, some of you are saying that would be a good thing. Paul said, I don't have to live by what everybody else thinks about me. I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist. You ever been around those folks? I've been one. Delivered. Loose living immoralists, some of us have been that one too. The defeated, the demoralized, we've probably been, all been that one. Whoever. He said, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered into their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet in a God-saved meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I just didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Isn't that good? So Paul was intentional about changing his world, changing who, how he related to people, not who he was, but how he related to people so he could connect with them. So let let me ask you this. How are you intentionally serving others? Did you know that self, being self-serving is the most easy thing in the world to become? You say, I don't, I don't people aren't normal, naturally selfish. Just put two two-year-olds in a room with one toy. <laughs> You'll find out. Amen? Yeah, we we it's, it's a natural thing. So, so the point is we have to be intentional about serving. And some of you are, you're fantastic. You're on a dream team. So I serve on the dream team. I got a challenge for you. Don't let that be where it stops. Let that be where it starts. Because when you begin to discover your spiritual gifts and you begin to understand how God wired you and begin to discover your purpose, which is what we help you with in Growth Track, then what begins to happen is you begin to find out more about who you are and how God wired you. But don't let Dream Team be the end. Let it be the beginning. Always be intentional about serving others. Amen. Amen. So here's here's the key. Influencing key, be intentional by serving and adding value to others. Now, how are we going to do that? Say, I'm, I'm not too intentional. So I'm going to give you a challenge this month. All of October, I want to intentionally challenge you to serve others. And we're going to do it very simply with a little card we call A Little Something Extra to Show God Loves You card. Very simple. Little card. You just, you just pick one of those up at the connection point. You pick one up at the exit over here. And you, you just... You just give it out to somebody. Say, well, Pastor, how, how does that work? Well, you, you know, the way I do it is I go through a drive-thru, and I just say, hey, I want to pay for the car behind me. Whatever they're ordering, let's just buy that. And then they say, oh, that's cool. And so then, so then I pay for it, and then I hand them this card, whoever's hanging out the window. I said, hey, can you give this to the car behind me? You say, well, why do you do that? Well, it's a big thing in our culture to have acts of kindness, random acts of kindness, right? And, and do all those kinds of things. That's wonderful. It's a great thing to do that, but if if we just do random acts of kindness, we get the credit, not God. But if I give this card out, then I can draw some attention to Him. That He's the one that loves you. He's the one, I'm doing this not because I'm a good person. I'm doing this because He loves you. So so let me let me just tell you a true story about a church I know that did this. And uh, there was they did a challenge like this for a month one time and. People started doing it, and this um, lady—they found out later—went through fast food restaurant uh, drive-through to pick up a meal that she was going to go home and eat, and then she was going to end her life. You've got to be pretty sad to go through a fast food restaurant for your last meal. I'm not trying to be funny about that, but that's a low place. And so what happened though, she got a card, like this. She went through, she came home, she saw the card, and she said, you know what, I'm going to give this, this church a chance. And she showed up at that church, and there was people greeting in the parking lot, and there was greeters out front, and there was people like a connection point, and there was ushers, and there was worship, and there was a message. And in that time, she gave her life to Jesus. Yeah. And the only way they found out that story was because after she gave her life to Jesus, she shared her story with those at the church. Here's what I know. You may not know who you're leaving that card for behind you, but God knows, and when he, when he pricks your heart and says that it's time to reach out and time to be intentional about serving somebody, it may cost you an extra five, it may cost you an extra ten. You might say, I'm going to do it next week because there's a family of 20 in that, that van, and I can't afford all that. But you, but you just be led of the Lord. Because you don't know what difference it's going to make for them. You think, well, I, I need to preach Jesus to them. Reach Jesus with how you're living. Amen? Add value to someone. Add value to them. To change our world, we value others by connecting them. We add value to others by serving them. And number three, we live good values. Attracting. See, how we live either repels or attracts people. Poor values repel. Good values attract. If no one wants to be around you, there's a reason. There's a reason. Maybe you're one of those angry, grumpy folks. I can talk about them because I've, I've been one. I've been in that place in my life where things, you know, I, I was a pastor during that time. I was just not good to be around. I've repented of that, repented of my family. But we can, we can all get in that place and it just, it just repels people. A number of years ago, I realized that I could be perfectly happy, but nobody around me knew it. I had a dad who, when we took family pictures, he had perfectly fine teeth, but he didn't like how his teeth looked, so he would never smile in the camera shots. And I don't know, I picked that up, and then maybe it's genetics, and, you know, I just got one of those faces that I can just be looking at you and be perfectly happy, but you think he ain't happy. And so I started working on my smile. I got in front of a mirror. I started smiling. I started being intentional. I, I, I was trying to feel like, what does it feel like on my cheeks when I smile this big? And how come your smile looks better than mine? My, this, this level of teeth don't show or that. I mean, I, I can get pretty detailed. I'm a detailed guy. So I, I, got, I got pretty detailed about my smile, working on my smile. Because I wanted the people around me to, I wanted to attract people, not repel people. Just by being comfortable and relaxed doesn't mean I have to repel people. Now, when I go by a mirror, I smile at myself. Yeah. So you, you're full of a lot of ego, Pastor, just giving yourself a big grin like that. No, I do it for two reasons. I, one reason I do it is because I want to keep practicing my smile. Oh, yep, I've got a little weak on that. I've got to, you know, do it a little different. The other reason I believe God's smiling at me. Amen. And I believe God, if you live for Jesus, God's smiling at you. And you say, well, I'm not living for Jesus. Is God smiling at me? Yeah, he's smiling because he's trying to say, come on. He's not saying, come on. He's saying, come on. Come on. i got to change for I've got a new life for you. Amen? Here's what the Bible says in Galatians 5.22. This is what we know as the fruits of the Spirit. How are we to live? With the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. We can have all those things. These are the fruits of the Holy Spirit that are are to be in our lives. So my question is, are you relying on the Holy Spirit to help you live that way, even when you don't feel like it? say, what's the value of of good values. And you might want to write these down. I'm going to go quickly here. But here's the first one. Good values create stability. Man, when you've got good values, it just helps hold you still in the, in the calm, in, in the storms of life. Good values make us bigger on the inside than the outside. There's more to you than what everybody sees. Good values make us better on the inside than on the outside. Not everything that's in me has yet been worked out of me. Amen? Not everything that God's doing has yet come out for somebody else. Have you ever thought about this? You ever seen a, a, a paper bag? Empty paper bag? Very hard oftentimes, or even a regular plastic bag, very hard to keep that thing upright without something in it. Same thing is true in our lives. If we don't have any good values on the inside of us, we just kind of flop. Here's what I know. There's a lot of, a lot of flopping going on in our world transformation begins inside of us. It begins in the heart. And so before something can change our world, it's got to be in us. We need more of Him in us. Did you know that 81% of people under 30 feel anxious, depressed, lonely, or hopeless at least one day a week? At least one day a week. And it's not to blame them. Well, they don't have values, but, but what can we do to change their world? See, better value, listen to these two thoughts. Better values on the inside require less validation on the outside. Are you looking to God for value, validation? or Are you looking to everybody around you? Tells you what your values are. Fewer values on the inside require more validation on the outside. Here's another thought. Good values establish trust. And then finally, our values become our destiny. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because number four, when we share good values, it's transforming. When we share good values, it's transforming. Did you know there was a common word in all that we talked about today? As we become salt and light, there was a common word, value people. Let's see if you can catch on here. Value people. Add value. Value to people. Live good. Values. Share good. Values. Yeah, you got it. The point is values. Those values must come from the Lord. So so to change our world, people must know they are valuable to you. And they don't know unless you're intentional about it. In fact, when people decide to trust you, they ask three subconscious questions. Real quickly, here we go. Do they care for me? the care question. Don't tell me how much you know. Show me how much you care, right? Here's the second question. Can you help me? This is the competence question. This is someone that can really make a difference in my life. Third, can I trust you? And the trust comes from the value somebody places on their life. So Matthew 5, Jesus said it best. Matthew five sixteen 16, uh, the new living. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. When we value people, when we add value to people, when we live good values, when we share good values, all of those things that are, are things that Jesus did. Amen? And so serving others, adding value to them, will help re- people realize how good and how amazing our God really is. In fact, I believe because of your life, many will come to Christ. If we just add value to people. So here's my challenge to you today. Just be salt and light. Be what we've taught you to be today. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. You can become the change that God has for your world. And let's ask him to help us change on the inside, to change our world and add value to others here as we close today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person Here within the sound of my voice, those that are online with us today, Lord, I thank you that you help us to add value to people, to help us to change our world by making a difference for someone else. Father, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, I haven't been changed on the inside. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. This would be a perfect day to take that step. And so I simply invite you, no matter what you've been doing, what what, what you've been up to, God's not looking for you to clean up your life before you give your life to Him. He's simply looking for you to say, I surrender, and then you let His power work in your life. So if you want to take that step today, would you pray this prayer with me? Pray it from your heart, online, pray it with us as well, and God's going to do a work in your life. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, Father. I come to you today. I I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to make me a new person from the inside out. God, I turn away from my old life and I turn to you. God, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead and I ask you to save me. Jesus, be my Lord. Lead my life. I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who made that decision?